Salutations from the Hill Turn Podcast. It is I, Devin Lee Crimes Jr., DLC, coming back with another review of NXT. I tried. But we kick off the show with Malik Blade and Idris Anofe taking on the Creed Brothers for the NXT Tag Team Championships. This match, it got pretty decent time to start the show. Things started to get a little sloppy towards the end, but... The Cream Brothers were able to wrap it up and get the win over Malik Blade and Idris Anofe. And they retain their NXT Tag Team Championships. Solid opener for the beginning of the show. Like I said, they got a decent amount of time to be starting a show like that. But it was for the NXT champion, uh, Tag Team Championships. So it makes sense. They shook hands at the end because that's what good guys do. And that was that. We slide to the locker room. In the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament winner with Roxanne Perez and her good old friend, Cora Jade. They were back there reminiscing about their old good old times, you know, here and there. Because, you know, they're good friends, put it that way. But then you got Indy Hartwell. And she told him, you know, I've been here for a minute. And let me tell y'all, y'all need, y'all need to be careful. It's crazy out here. People just disappearing out of nowhere. Like Thanos snapped half the, lo- the NXT locker room away. After he collected all the future Endeavor stones. But all Marvel jokes aside, they united through their hatred of toxic attraction. And that was that. I just tried to put a little more spice to it. And for this next little piece, I got to give my full thoughts on it. Because usually I would just gloss over something like this. But they put a lot of work into this. But Apollo Crews was writing in his journal in a diner. Or some nice family restaurant. Something like that. And he was reminiscing too. Everybody just reminiscing today. About the good old times. Why not? And he was reminiscing about last week. Where when his music hit, everything just stopped for him. You know, he was feeling good and everything. And all that reminiscing got interrupted by an unhappy customer. And he was all screaming back there at the waitress. Where's my food? It's been too long. Stop waiting on other people. You need to just wait on me. I'm like, man, who wrote this? But yeah, he's just going off in Apollo. Yes, Apollo. That Apollo. He got up, walked over to the to the back of the diner, whatever the place is, to the guy. He was all like, do we have a problem? And the guy was like, get on my face. And Apollo just grabbed his head. And he did his best Dark Knight Joker impression. And he was like, I'm going to make this pencil. Disappear. Mink. Now, that ain't exactly how that went. But, yeah, he just grabbed the man's head at Duga. You know, slammed his head on the table. But that's what we thought happened. Because, actually, that's just what Apollo was imagining he was going to do to the dude. And what he actually did, he just got up. They did the same verbiage. 
And we don't know what he did to the man. He just walked into the camera and then it just faded. It just went to dark. That was it. And like I said, I usually would gloss over something like that. But look, you know, it's a wrestling show, I know. But it's, I mean, I I, I get it. Like, Apollo is a good guy, apparently. Like, at least that's what he was portrayed to be last week. But this, that, that was too much. Way too much. Like, it's... I mean, it probably was fun to do it, but it wasn't fun to really sit through it. But yeah, Apollo, I don't know what he did to that man at the diner, but that was that. That was that. But we got Tiffany Stratton taking on Fallon Henley. All of that I just talked about. And this match was actually pretty good. I mean, I'm not saying that I was expecting them to be, to be dookie, but it was really good for what, you know, what they brought, both brought to the table of the match. And everything was pretty good up until Wendy Chu came out on one of them like bouncy ball things and she blew confetti into Tiffany Stratton's face and Fallon Henley was able to roll her up and got the win. Like I said, it was this and that. It was all good until it was fun and games, but somebody that wasn't playing games was Wes Lee as he went up against Zion Quinn for the third time, I believe. They had to get their own trilogy, you know, like Seth and Cody, Seth and Edge. I guess Seth just got a lot of trilogies, I guess. But this match, it was nothing like that last match they had where Zion Quinn just dominated like the whole match and then just got rolled up at the end. This was pretty more competitive back and forth action. But Wesley was able to get another win on Zion Quinn. And that was all she really wrote for this. That was that. And now we go to my least favorite part of the show. Joe Gacy's Burgundy Hood Friends. That's what they should be called. It's better than the name they got, which is the Dyad. Because I feel like I'm about to do some weird stuff when I say that. But they took on Dante Chen and Javier Bernal. And I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to keep it real with y'all. I really don't know how to gauge this, like, for anybody. Because, you know, they, they got the hoods on. I make fun of them every week because they got these hoods on. And they literally didn't take it off for the whole match. You know, it's a tag team match. And they got the hood on, like the rose, pajama-looking stuff. I don't know. They pretty much were like a creepy, demented version of Wendy Chu, I must say, without, you know, showing any faces. But it's just, if I really look at this on an in-depth level, I mean, it just must be tough to have to try to sell to the audience, do all this stuff, and you can't even see nothing. Like, I get it. You can say, well, Kane, you couldn't really see anguish in his face, but Kane wasn't somebody that was going to be going through a lot of punishment in a match anyway. At that time. But with this, like, I mean, there's nothing to really grab to. I don't even know who's who. Like, I don't even know. Like, Diet 1, Diet 2. Like, I don't... They both... They had the... Like I said, they're in robes, hoods on with masks. That's all you get. And they actually got the one and They actually got... They actually had the nerve to win this match. I'm gonna just say that. Like, I mean, granted, we haven't seen Dante Chen and, you know, stuff in a while. So, I mean, them winning would have been like, mm, but okay. But man, like, it's just, first of all, you got Joe Gacy where, like, we really don't care. Because, I mean, he can say all he want, but if he keep getting losses when it counts, who cares? That's why every time he talks, they're like, shut the hell up, you know, because there's no credibility to it. You can talk all you want, but if you just come out here and lose every week, ain't nobody going to care, especially when you're trying to convey what he's trying to convey. And it's tough. Especially when your burgundy hood friends... Out there wrestling with masks and hoods on. So that was that. 
I'm going to try to not think about it no more. But <laughs> I sound all messed up about it. But Tony D'Angelo and his family, the D'Angelo family, he gave two dimes and stacks promotions in the family. That's He gave them some really nice watches, and that was it. Told them, you know, hey, take this and get yourself something nice to eat. All the mafia stuff, you know what I mean? They really dedicated to this whole... This whole thing of like just Godfather vibes and stuff. And like I said, I like those films. So, I mean, this kind of connects to me differently. But it is what it is. Just don't do it too much. I actually like when they do in-ring type of stuff like this, though, because it's more on the spot. You know, anything could be messed up. But um, that was really... It, it was about to be a snooze fest, honestly, because it was just that. Until you brought in the North American Championship picture with Carmelo Hayes coming out because Tony D'Angelo mentioned the A Championship. And that brought out Carmelo Hayes. And he was like, hey, keep my name out your mouth unless you want problems with me in this belt. Championship, I should say, for they come get me. And that set up their match for next week for Carmelo to defend his NXT North American Championship against Tony D'Angelo. You know, to skip solo, I guess. But it's true, like Trick said. He made that deal with Cameron Grimes about getting next at the, you know, the next match. So that's probably why. But look, like I said, this whole segment at first, I was like, who really finna care about this? But you bring in, like, like I said, that's just how much the NXT North American Championship picture can elevate some stuff. Because it's importance to it. People constantly fighting over that thing. And it's people fighting where you may not, you be like, you know what? They might just win that. You know, they might just do it. Instead of a one-sided type of battle all the time. But that sets up even more for the NXT North American Championship picture. And that's all that was that. Now we move on to our next big championship, the NXT Championship, where Braun Breaker would defend it against Duke Hudson. Because good old Duke, he can't let go of that disqualification when he got a few weeks ago. I mean, I don't know why he think that's that's some big stuff. (laughs) But... He think that's what, you know, grants him an actual match against the champion for the championship. And Braun Breaker made quick work of Duke in this match. It wasn't really much. He was able to, you know, slam him, and that was it. I mean, it was nothing. There's nothing. But we got more out of it towards the end because Cameron Grimes came out. And he, he you know, voiced his frustrations. Like, man, you know what? Your daddy, he was here, you know, watching you win your championship and stuff, you know. You got that last name, but my dad, he wasn't here to see me do that stuff. But I still did it. And he challenged Braun Breaker for the NXT Championship. And this this really helps it because coming off that Joe Gacy feud where it was just too one-sided in terms of physicality-wise and too many weird, you know, people getting kidnapped in cages. Like, it, that really just put a real drag on that whole championship picture. But this helps because it feels more organic. It feels more grown in a way like not i guess that's what organic is you grow you know whatever it feels more in line with how it should be in a way like it's more motivations that make sense i should say and and, and you look at a match like that where you you know you may say like man cameron grounds probably could take Braun breaker you probably could instead of like i said the last few where it was just so one-sided because joe gacy hadn't done anything spectacular before their matches so that's why you really didn't care but this this is what the NFC Championship picture needed. It really helps. Like I said, Cameron Grimes being in it and him having like a great strong motivation going into it. Like he lost, you know, now he's trying to, you know, you know what? I need to refocus, man. I got this. I'm that dude. Quit playing. 
So that's fine. That helps. And I and it, you know they're both faces in this for now at least. But Cameron Grimes is showing more aggressiveness, like in terms of like the way he was, you know, you know, going after him about his last name and like who his dad was and stuff. And that's what you need because that helps somebody be like I, I think I've said it before, where a face could be tempted to make that heel turn possibly. But you got to plant the seeds in a way so that two faces can go against each other, but at least one of them may go to the dark side. So <laughs> that helps. I like how that picture's going. Something fresh. Because the last picture, yeah, no. But Fabian Eichner, who used to be in Imperium until they left him for SmackDown, he is now Giovanni Vinci. And he took on Guru Raj. And I mean, I'm surprised that the NXT crowd didn't like just mess with him and chant like Imperium. Or, you know, just something, to, you know, to, just to throw the whole thing off. They actually were chanting Giovanni like they was going with it. And his style was all still intact. Like it was still the same stuff that, he, you know, he's you know, known to do. Just with a new package over it. But he made quick work against Guru. And that was it for his reintroduction into NXT 2.0. Giovanni Vinci. And we get the NXT North American champion Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams taking on two dimes and stacks from the D'Angelo family. And this match, I mean, it really wasn't much to get out of it, honestly. Legato Death Tasma tried to help two dimes and stacks at the end, but it backfired. Or did it? Maybe they did it on purpose. And Carmelo, Carmelo Hayes was able to get the win for him and Trick. And that was it. And Tony D'Angelo was like, man, y'all messing up, man. Why y'all can't do nothing right? Uh, you know, adding more friction to the family with the Legato de Fantasma employment also. So there's that. He's going to be challenging Carmelo Hayes for the NXT North American Championship next week. So we'll see. We'll see. You know, he got a little, he got some issues in his family. Before our main event, we got Indy Hartwell, Cora J, and Roxanne Perez versus Toxic Attraction. And this match, you know, it was a, it was kind of slow for of a six women tag team match. It was a lot of holds and stuff. Like it really wasn't a high octane octane match, which it didn't need to be. You know, you don't want just the whole show just being full of that because then that's what it just is known for at that point. But like I said, it was pretty slow. Cora J hit Gigi Dolan with a senton, and I thought like she broke something in her. I don't know. Like I said, maybe that was just perfect. Perfect, or or you know, I hope if she isn't hurt. Like like I said, the way it looked, I was like, well, dang, you know, she looked like it was painful. But uh, Roxanne Perez was able to get the pin. She didn't hit the sin time, but she was able to get the pin because she was legal, and they got the win. And this is all. This is obviously just setting up for the whole them taking everything from Toxic Attraction. I'm thinking eventually with Roxanne Perez challenging Mandy Rose for the NXT Women's Championship, and Indy Hartwell and Cora J, they team up to take the NXT Tag Team Championships. It might happen. That's what I'm thinking they're going to lead that up to for the Great American Bash coming up. So, I mean, all in all, yeah, this was actually not a bad episode of NXT 2.0. Aside from the Apollo Crews diner scene, if you just cut that out, I, I really like this episode. I really do. Because all of that was just, that was... That was that. Too much. But, like I said, solid episode. 
You just take that and it was fine. But get your glasses if you have to have them for your protective lenses or, you know, corrective lenses. That's what it is. Wipe them down really good. Get the earwax out your ears and be ready for Izzy's review of AEW Dynamite tomorrow. It's going to be fire and I want y'all to be prepared for it. But until then, that's all been for me. Devin Lee Crimes Jr. DLC, whatever you want to call me, just do it respectfully. And I'm going to catch you guys the next time that I am on a heel turn episode. And I will catch you guys later. Be safe. And I'm out. Thank you for listening to the Heel Turn Podcast. Check us out on iTunes and Spotify every Saturday for more wrestling news and to be a part of the conversation. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Heel Turn Podcast and on Twitter at underscore the Heel Turn.